Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Fantastic to have you back. My name's Simon Alicia, here with you as always. And today we have a special episode of the podcast. It's brought to you by Intel. And we have Vipo Rastogi, who is an investment director from Intel Capital, who's joining us today. Uh, welcome to the show, Vipo. Uh, thanks, Simon. Glad to be here. Fantastic. And uh, it's going to be an interesting little conversation we're going to have today because I know a lot of our listeners uh, are in the startup space, uh, potentially looking for investment, etc. And Vibor, you work in that area day to day. And so we wanted to get some insights from you. But before we do, can you give us a little quick history of how you ended up at uh, Intel Capital? Sure. Uh, so uh, I started my career at Deloitte in, uh, in uh, consulting and I really liked uh, working with companies and helping them solve their most important strategic and technology issues. And I uh, was uh, looking to apply that work experience um, in, in a new way, but get involved with these companies very early on. So if you think about a startup which has a couple of, uh, you know, tech, usually engineers, and that are that have built a great product and are now looking for investment and advice on how to take that product to market. Uh, venture capital offers uh, the uh, platform to do so, and uh, being part of Intel, uh, you know, we we can bring a lot of very unique value adds to these uh, startup businesses by plugging them into the global uh, scale and reach of Intel. So uh, so that's how I found my way into, into venture capital and, and Intel Capital, uh, just by way of a passion for uh, technology and, and entrepreneurship and, uh, and really a passion for um, helping startups and entrepreneurs uh, realize their dream and, and help bring their uh, products to market and, and scale their companies. Fantastic. And certainly look, there's, there's no shortage of um, startups out there who have founders with dreams and, and hopes. And I think it's, it's been said there's never been a better time to be a startup in terms of access to low-cost compute resource, um, access to information, access to capital, etc. But uh, let, let me jump right in with the, uh, the billion-dollar question, potentially, is uh, what appeals to VCs when they're investing in startups? What are they actually looking for? No, absolutely. And, and it is truly a billion dollar question because, uh, you know, the billion dollar gets applied in two ways. One, we are looking for billion dollar markets and we hope to get billion dollar exits. So, so, uh, not just metaphorically, literally it's a billion dollar question. Uh, and so we look for three things when we are looking at a startup. Uh, you know, any market we invest in, uh, we, we want this to be at least a billion dollar market. Now, some markets start slow or, or smart small, uh, but can ultimately grow to be billion dollar markets and that's okay. But the, the ultimate opportunity needs to be at least a billion dollars. The second thing we look for is a very differentiated uh, technology. So something that disrupts uh, an incumbent uh, most of the markets um, already have uh, a competitor, uh, an entrenched competitor that's serving that market. So what we are looking for is, um, you know, what is the true differentiator that will make the customer adopt the product versus the incumbent uh, that's been serving the market? And the third thing we look for is the team behind that uh, behind that technology that's bringing that technology to market. So, so that's the um, uh, those are the three things: the market, the technology, and the team uh, that we look at. 
For sure, for sure. Sounds simple, but there's uh, there's lots of nuance behind that, and it's, it's it's tricky to make the right calls. And it's interesting, you know, when I look at some of the more recently successful startups in the industry that are sort of household names. Many of them, when they started, were not trying to solve the problem they ended up solving. Um, and I guess I want to get your view on on how VCs view experimentation within organisations and that ability to to fail fast and the often overused term of pivoting. But um, you know, really, what you see is as a a valid and meaningful version of that 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 resounds with you. No, absolutely. Uh, and uh, you know, the startup is truly uh, um, you know an organisation that has uh, that is trying to find a product market fit. So, so what is very often said is that large companies plan and and big comp and, and small companies innovate uh, and experiment and and you know try to find that product market fit so in that uh, journey um, you know th- three or four different business models business plans go-to-market approaches uh, different configuration of teams are not uncommon at all and uh, and i think that's really what gives these startups uh, inherent competitive advantage that they can afford to make mistakes learn from them experiment and 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 move quickly and adjust as either uh, their own internal assumptions about the market changes or their uh, or the market conditions themselves change so uh, so we are very supportive of um, of of startups that are 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 trying to do this and there've been two or three philosophies uh, that have been um, institutionalized in the valley uh, there is a lean startup approach uh, there is also a minimum viable product approach which are all approaches uh, which allow you to run experiments quickly, iterate quickly, fail quickly, and then bring your product or service to market without uh, incurring uh, significant cost, uh, particularly opportunity cost. Uh, you know, when you have these startups, yes, the, you know there is you know the, the money they are burning, but more importantly, um, technologies have shelf lives and. Uh, if you miss a window of opportunity by not going after a particular opportunity at the right time, you could actually miss out uh, on on what could be a great outcome. So, so we as investors are very supportive of of companies, um, you know, uh, experimenting, innovating, failing uh, quickly, uh, learning from them, and and then making adjustments as they need to. For sure, for sure, and it's it's interesting that how that dynamic has changed over the years because because obviously, in the the, the pre cloud days, there was significant capital investment that was made, significant technology choices that were made that would last for years, and so people kind of placing like really big bets on particular outcomes. Whereas what I see a, a much bigger focus on now is, is people really building that minimum viable product and making what I call minimum viable technology choices as well. So I'm saying, well, how, how, what's the least possible technology I can apply to this problem domain to see if it's going to work? Um, and then, you know, if they're building on something like AWS, they know that when the time comes to scale, they can and they can do it on a, in, a, in a funded way. So because you're paying as you go pay for what you use, you're, you're paying for users that are hopefully bringing in revenue or some sort of value to the organisation. But making those really quick and, and sometimes significant technology changes is is interesting to see people who in the past would have said, well, I'm going to pick you know, a language framework, I'm going to pick a particular set of core technologies to support this outcome, and then uh, they're not suitable for 
for future steps. So it's definitely definitely a big change in the way that technology is being applied. Now, Vibor, it would be really interesting for our listeners to hear a couple of interesting uh, investments that you've made lately or areas that you've been looking at that you think uh, are really kind of where things are at at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'll I'll pick a couple of uh, investments, uh, one that we have announced, one that we are about to make. Uh, so, you know, the, so, so there is a company we invested in earlier this year, a company, uh, company's name is Lightband. And uh, they, the founders are um, the key technologies behind the reactive platform. And uh, the idea is that uh, distributed architectures uh, need to be elastic, they need to be resilient, they need to be responsive. And uh, the, the, the founders have built some core technologies uh, that allow companies to build these uh, responsive, elastic, and uh, resilient web and mobile applications. So uh, they have a number of Fortune 500 companies that have deployed it, uh, both uh, on-premise and in the cloud. And uh, and I think uh, to the point you were making, Simon, uh, the uh, AWS has really changed the game in, in as far as what users are starting to expect out of their technology. You know, they expect their technology to scale to millions of users, millions of devices, handle billions of transactions, uh, be, uh, you know, be responsive, have high availability, uh, be highly resilient, uh, run, you know, in, uh, in a distributed fashion across uh, data centers around the world. And, um, and and you know just like just as what Amazon has done at the infrastructure layer, uh, the same innovation needs to happen at the platform and the application level as well. So so this company Lightbend complements uh, some of the innovations AWS has brought to the forefront and and really help organizations take uh, advantage of. Um, uh, of uh, of the next generation of uh, distributed computing architectures. So very excited about that one. Uh, we are also about to invest in a artificial intelligence company that uh, helps uh, business organizations, uh, Fortune 500 companies, learn from the data that they have uh, sitting in their enterprise systems build expert systems, uh, both from internal data and expert data, and then uh, make uh, smart systems run on, on top of these data repositories. So, uh, so the idea, the whole, the whole idea is that you have this next generation of predictive self-learning software that can take advantage of, um, of data, learn from the data, uh, create uh, features and predictive uh, um, have have predictive capabilities from the data, and that allows a, a user that is interacting with the system to uh, get to results faster than what would be possible otherwise. So, so we're very excited because we think that's the next generation of uh, of business software, uh, software that uh, uh, helps a, a business user not just with what has happened, but will guide and nudge the user to uh, the right uh, outcomes based on what the system knows about the user as well as how other users have used that system in the in the past. So um, 
we're very excited about that one. And then another company maybe I'll, I'll, I'll cite is a company called Stream. Uh, this is an investment we closed last year, and it's a real-time streaming platform that allows uh, Fortune 500 companies to very quickly build uh, and and bring to market uh, streaming applications. So it's a full stack solution that allows companies to ingest, process, uh, analyze, visualize, uh, and 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 do predictive learning on on real time uh, streaming data. Uh, so so that's another uh, type of uh, company that we we have made an investment in. Interesting and, and quite a diverse uh, range of, of use cases and approaches there as well, which is is uh, is fascinating. And I, I guess one thing I want to um, to get from you while we were on the line together was um, now the only thing that uh, is constant they say is change, and I was really interested to hear about what changes you've seen in the way that VCs operate now compared to you know the, the quote unquote old days, the pre-cloud days. You know, it doesn't feel that long ago that it sort of shifted around. But what are some of the major changes you're seeing in terms of the way that VCs operate in their market and the technology expectations they have of their startups? Yeah, no, I think the uh, I mean AWS has uh, had a profound uh, impact on the startups as well as you know, how venture capitalists think about investing in startups. So, you know, one of our portfolio companies, Box, um, you know, started out in uh, AWS. Dropbox uh, famously started out on AWS as well. And, uh, you know, the cost and access to cheap elastic infrastructure you know, makes it very easy for startups to uh, get up and up and running. It used to be where it would take millions of dollars, uh, like you were saying, Simon, to uh, procure the hardware, have, you know, systems administrators that knew how to configure uh, storage network and, and compute infrastructure and, uh, and then get database licenses. And only after all that could you think about the application that we are trying to build. And now you can take all the infrastructure and platform services for granted and just focus on the business problem and the use case. So uh, I think I think that has been a game changer. The second area that has been uh, hugely productive uh, for our companies is is just helping them on sales and marketing. So uh, it is very easy to create uh, demo environments in uh, AWS, and a lot of our companies take advantage of that. So so again. Um, you know, for uh, these companies to open up self-service environments for their customers is also profoundly changing how customers uh, use the application, get get introduced to the application. Uh, you know, you don't have to send a sales rep on site and a sales engineer on site. You could uh, just have that, um, um, you know, that, that uh, application experience all be delivered via the cloud. And then the last thing uh, that I think cloud has really helped uh, our portfolio companies is taking the scaling headaches uh, uh, out for them. Uh, when we invest in companies, we hope that they can be category leaders, they can be uh, the next uh, you know billion dollar market cap company, and we hope we expect them to scale to millions of users or millions of devices. And when they are running in AWS, they are uh, they they know that they can scale uh, without having to worry about. 
the 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 issues that scale could bring to their technology infrastructure. So so if I were to summarize, getting companies started, getting them to their customers quickly, and then helping them scale once the product market fit established are are I think uh, paradigm changers for both uh, VCs and startups. For sure, for sure. It's, it's, it's interesting to watch how markets change on both sides. You know, uh, it's not, not just the startups themselves that are changing, but VCs change as well, which is, uh, which is great to see. Well, Vibor, it's been fantastic to have you on the show and to, to give our listeners some of uh, those perspectives for what's happening in, in VC land. So uh, thanks again for joining us today. You know, absolutely, Simon. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. And thanks, everyone, again for listening. We do love to get your feedback. You can always send us an email, podcast at amazon.com. Um, subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, RSS feed, our website as well, and tell others uh, if you're enjoying the show that uh, it's around. And until next time, keep on building.